Hi, Marco Werman. This is The World. The Horn of Africa is a region known for instability. Think of Somalia with its weak government, warlords, and al-Qaeda-linked militant groups. Amid that chaos, one source of stability for the region was the longtime ruler of Ethiopia, Melis Zenawi. He fought his way to power in the early 1990s and became a key U.S. ally. But today, Ethiopia is facing an uncertain future after the announcement that Prime Minister Zenawi died at a hospital in Belgium. He was 57 years old. Zenawi's coffin was flown back to Ethiopia today. Author and physician Abraham Verghese grew up near the country's capital, Addis Ababa. He and Zenawi were medical students there when Emperor Haile Selassie was ousted in a coup in 1974. He and I were in the same medical school. He was one year junior to me. I think we all fully intended to finish, but then when the emperor was overthrown, the military government uh, immediately closed down the university for a year, sent the students to the countryside, because I think they were worried about the intelligentsia represented by students like Mellis. Uh, he was a dynamic and impassioned student leader. And so they sent everyone back to the countryside movement, educate the masses, and many of my classmates, including Mellis, decided to become guerrilla fighters and fight against this military government. And when I interviewed him many years later, he said he had some regrets about giving up medicine, and yet it seemed like a moment in time when the will of the people needed to be exercised, and he was willing to give his life for that cause. So you knew him in medical school? He was a year junior to me. I, I don't uh, claim to have known him very well, but I distinctly remember how he stood out from all his colleagues for two reasons. One, he was a very impassioned student leader. I remember a classmate of mine attended a class that Mellis's class had boycotted because it was a student protest day. And when he attended that class, they came and got him and took him to a room and didn't beat him up, but essentially, you know, read him the riot act. And mm. it was very much Mellis behind that. I also remember him for being an absolutely brilliant student. His capacity to memorize, you know, the huge amounts of text that we had to memorize in those days uh, was, was astonishing. And he got four A's in anatomy, physiology, pharmacology, and biochemistry, which had been unheard of. It was a very high standard to reach. So he stood out both intellectually and by the nature of his passion for what he believed in. So after Melis and Nawi dropped out of medical school uh, and joined uh, the, this rebel army, decades of bloodshed followed. And in 91, Zanawi's Liberation Army triumphed. What were Ethiopians' hopes for him at that moment in time? There were great hopes, many of which he fulfilled, that he would lead the country into a new era. He was incredibly articulate. He was a self-taught economist and a self-taught management guru. I think he'd actually taken degrees, um, correspondence degrees in these areas. And there was a sense that uh, he was the perfect new leader for this country. And he certainly did a lot of great things to bring the country together, move it forward economically. But I think as is always a danger when you have had such success and you believe you have a vision for the country, I think he was reluctant to let go of power. And I think his biggest criticism is that he hung on and uh, you know stifled the opposition, snuffed out political criticism, and he imprisoned journalists. Is there a way that uh, you will remember Melis Zanawi from those years in medical school that, that the rest of us might never occur to us? I think my strongest memory will actually be not from medical school, but when I went to interview him in, in 98, and, you know, our lives had diverged dramatically. Here he was, uh, you know, being a guerrilla fighter in the field and wound up being prime minister of the country. And my trajectory had gone another way, and I was a professor of medicine 
uh, in America. And here we were meeting after 20-something years. And I remember thinking that whatever I, I mean, whatever I was willing to die for, I would be willing to die for my kids and, you know, for my, for the things I believe in. But he had really been willing to die for this cause in a way that was so impressive. And I remember asking him his most important memory of the long struggle was. And he said, you know, I always remember the peasants that I fought with and how every now and then we'd come to these minefields that were mined with Cuban mines and Soviet mines. And we needed to have one volunteer walk through the minefield and find a path for the troops to to cut through. And he says, every decision I make, I try to make sure it lives up to the peasants who sacrifice their lives, finding us a path through that minefield. What do you think his loss will mean for Ethiopia and the region? My great fear is that the country might descend into anarchy. That would be the worst case scenario. You have to remember that, you know, every border of Ethiopia, with, with the exception perhaps of Kenya, represents a potential enemy. You have Somalia on one side, and they have no love for, for Ethiopia. You have Sudan and South Sudan. Other than Kenya, I think that there are potential threats on every border, and all those leaders are sort of trying to figure out what this means and whether they can take some advantage, I suspect. Given your concerns for the future of Ethiopia, is there a moment right now, do you think, where some of the dissent that uh, Melisanawi would not allow in Ethiopia, some of the, the journalism and media that people wanted to practice that he wouldn't allow, is there a moment where that can now start to bloom, do you think? It won't bloom very easily because, you know, he was, after all, just one man sitting in his office. His, his enforcement was these very committed colleagues of his who enforced the, you know, imprisoning of the two Swedish journalists, the uh, imprisoning and shutting down of many, many newspapers. I suspect that that will continue, but I have a feeling that his death is going to give a lot of energy to the opposition, and, and they will perhaps try again, either in a democratic, political, legitimate way, or perhaps in an armed struggle. That is my great fear. Author and physician Abraham Verghese, he's a professor of medicine at the Stanford University School of Medicine. His most recent book is Cutting for Stone.